You enter the king's chamber. I attack. What? Lou, ready your chain lightning spell. It's going to be way more effective than what you're planning on using. I wasn't planning. That's the problem. You never plan. Lucky you have me at the table. We talked about things players do that DMs hate. Then we talked about things DMs do that players hate. Now, let's talk five things players do that other players hate. This week on the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your Dungeon Masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Good afternoon, Sin, Bill, and Scott. Hello Good once again. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? Pretty impulsive. <laughs> wow, well, and they weren't calling as, a, as opposed to the calm, cool, and collected and methodic method that Mr. Uh, Lou over here uses on a regular basis. I don't know about methodic. I was about to say, methodic is a perfect word for me. It's but, a stretch. But we have joining us the king of impulse. Yes. <laughs> Sin the roadie. Sin the roadie. Yeah. Hi, Sin. Hi. Sin the roadie. He's, he's, the, he's the epitome of impulse. He's notoriously impulsive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who else is going to, like, come out of bed totally naked and get into a bar fight? Well, Lou does. But... We're talking about in-game stuff. <laughs> yeah. So not, <laughs> not, not your real-life habits. Well, I can't sleep in the bar, so. <laughs> well, I've seen that, too. <laughs> So we're talking about five things players do that other players hate. We're doing this because our listeners said, what about things that players do that other players hate? So we decided we were going to do an episode on that because we can take a hint. Thank you for the input from our our listeners out there, our following. We have more than four people. We can call a following, right? Yeah, there's, I think, five. Awesome. Now, Maybe even six. Not counting our parents. Yeah, well, yeah, just... They just click on it and then walk away and go do the laundry or yeah. something like that. But those silly boys. <laughs> there are some universally annoying things that players do that other players just cannot stand. I think we've all experienced that in in our gaming oh, career. Yeah. It's it's a long list. It's huge, <laughs> and, and we can go for several episodes on this. Let's let's start small with the things the three of us or the four of us, I should say, really can't stand. I'm amazed you cut it down to five. This is just the beginning. Oh, yeah. So let's jump right into it. Table captaining. God, table. Yeah, table captaining. Those players that know your character better than you, better than you do. <laughs> they cannot help but coach you along because no matter what it is that you're doing, it's wrong. That's because it doesn't fit their plans. Right. Yeah, it's not what I would do. So obviously you're picking the wrong thing. And that is a big disruption on the on the gaming table because players have, in many cases, carefully laid out their next move. Then you have someone that's paying more attention to what you're doing than what they're doing, as exemplified in the teaser. <laughs> Thank you, Cal. <laughs> no, Cal doesn't do that. Well, he he he's impulsive, but he doesn't he doesn't stomp on people. So no, no, because that character he does not. <laughs> he doesn't do a lot of planning. he doesn't think <laughs> it's it's pretty cut and dry yes we're gonna kill it okay i'm gonna go gonna kill, kill it, it now why not <laughs> you should wait but we should kill it now so we don't have to wait yeah no need to procrastinate and then he's rage 
Table captaining is one of my my particular pet peeves, and it drives me nuts not only when I'm a player but when I'm a, a DM. And that's different than having a new player at your table and sitting them next to one of your more veteran players. That's coaching. That's different. Yeah, very, very, very different. The coach is kind of your training wheels in D&D, and they're helping you along as a new player at either the table or as a new player altogether to D&D. But table captaining is very different. Very different because you you have one person trying to control everyone else's characters instead of letting them do so themselves. And like I said, their, their next move may be planned out and it may not be the one that you would do, but that is more often than not the first of several steps. They didn't plan out their next move. They planned out their next four. And this is the only the first that's going to culminate into something awesome, amazing. And you have to let it unfold. And you can't have a, a player say, no, 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 no. You use this instead. It'd be much better. Yeah. And a lot of times I think what they're doing when they're table captaining is is they're trying to get other players to set them up for an epic moment. They're stealing the spotlight. Yes. And that's just not cool because the spotlight needs to shine at every one of the players on the table. See, I took this as, at least the way I read it, is um, we're all, you know, we're meeting with Bill. He gives us our session zero. And Scott's trying to tell us what to play as character. That's how I interpreted it. Well, that's it, that's it the start be. of it. And yeah, it can yeah. be. It's going to be. That's when you when you get someone say, "Oh no, no, you should play this and you should play that." That's going to be your table captain, and that's mm-hmm. that's where the game master needs to recognize it right away. Going, ah, time out. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, nip it in the bud because it'll continue throughout the entirety of your campaign, and it'll be like a buzzkill for everybody at the table, including the DM. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And it sucks the fun out of it because their ideas are the only good ideas, and that's just not true. Well, it it also takes away from that player and their character's growth. It's like me when we were playing one session and somebody wanted to uh, see Sin's bow and Sin graciously handed over to Michael said, "Sin, don't do that. That's not a good idea." You know, out of, you know, out of character. That's taken away from the story because that yes. story developed pretty epically. Yes, it did. It it, un, it unfolded. It blossomed. Yes. <laughs> it and it was it, it was a lot of there were a lot of fun moments that came as as a result of well, that. That blossom had a couple thorns on it. It well it did. And it was fun to watch. It was it was very fun, especially from where I was sitting. To the point you at session zero you had you maybe you should play this, maybe you should play that. You know, you don't want to get but if you have a brand new a whole table full of new people and you have one person that's a little bit more skilled, if he's going to coach the table, you gotta be careful. That's a fine line. It's super fun. That's a fine line, but it could be helpful. It's like, oh, everyone's going to play a fighter. Okay, who's going to heal? Who's going to cast? Uh, who's going to be the sneaky person? Not a problem. You guys, five. You guys want to, yeah, true. <laughs> but you guys might want to try, you know, looking at something else. You know, I mean, I, I've seen other things you've played or the things you read or the characters you play in MMO. You play a lot of those and all of a sudden you're kind of switching gears. You kind of know what those characters do in your MMO game. Well, this is tabletop. You got to play it different, but you can still play the type, same style character. And you already kind of know what you need to do. So maybe the game master has to watch carefully. Fully, where a more seasoned or sl- even slightly more seasoned player might turn around and go, you know, we might want to mix it up a little bit. And that's kind of coaching and yeah. not necessarily, you know, yeah. so you, the game master needs to keep, make sure it doesn't get out of control, but that could be helpful. Yeah, it's bringing up a, a good point. There's validity to that. When the table captaining happens, it I think it makes your game very vanilla. Yes. Because well, it's all one voice. 
Right, right. How Lou plays his fighter and how Sin plays his fighter is going to be different from one another, which, you know, lends to their those characters' particular personalities. But if there's... I mean, I like to see a well-oiled machine at a table. That's pretty nice to watch. I haven't watched it very frequently. <laughs> but it is nice to watch. But when, when the party's a little clunky and doesn't work as smooth with one another, I think it makes for a far more entertaining campaign. Yeah. And I think table captaining and responding to that table captain is going to take a lot from the game. Agreed. A lot from the story, the different personalities at the table behind the characters and the personalities of the characters themselves. That's something that when I was a player, I had to be careful of because I was one of the ones that did memorize my character and everyone else at the table. I knew it was on your sheet and I would try to guess what you were going to do. But I, I think I was pretty good at not trying to be a table captain. Although I would anticipate what I thought they were going to do and set up my reaction to work off of that, but I wasn't telling them to do it to set myself up. Yeah, and there's and a difference in that. There, There is. It was hard sometimes. I'd sit there and cringe, going, oh, I know they have this. Why are they not using this? And I would bite my tongue and, and not say anything. And it, it was hard sometimes to do so. In my eyes, at least at the time when I was a little less experienced, I thought I knew better. I could see how that would be an overwhelming urge. Yeah, especially if you were one of those players, and we all know a player like that, that has pretty much read, digested, and committed to memory pretty much every book from that particular iteration of Dungeons and Dragons, or any role-playing game for that matter. Yeah, it could be Marvel, it, it could be Boot Hill, it, it could be anything. If you know it better than everyone else, good for you, but don't impose your will on other people, and that's what it boils down to. Yeah, you miss out on a lot of really epic moments when that happens, and it's a shame. It kind of sucks the fun out of it, out of the game. It's like that, I think it comes down to that competitive D&D. Yeah, yeah. And you're right, it sucks the fun out, and the spontaneity of the mishaps and the epic successes as well as epic fails. Yeah. Because it's like, you you may, oh, no, 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 I'm gonna, I, you should do this, you do this, and they do this, and it, it works. It works amazingly well. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, that worked too. Now they're going to try even harder. How about number two? As a table captain or anyone else on the table, and someone does something that you don't agree with, insulting them? Insulting the players. The play style. Just generally being a dick to other players. You know, you don't know what you're doing. That was stupid. I can't believe, you know, that sort of thing. Sucks the joy out of the game. Well, you're going to find yourself segregated from the rest of the group pretty quick. As a player, as a character, and as a player. Probably pretty quickly as a player. You want to unite a party yeah. against a foe do it being that player you will you will find party cohesion really really quick yeah but it won't be the big bad that they're they're no, ganging up on will it <laughs> they'll do you in because the other players are going to begin to think well that could be me next week a couple of sessions down the road eventually they'll get sick of it and then if you're that player you're kind of in trouble you're painting a target on yourself you will be the the one that doesn't get healed Get shot in the back a couple of times. Get shot in the back a couple of times. Oops, I fumbled. Sorry. (laughs) You'll see a lot of notes being passed across the table to the DM. Yeah, they then get passed off to another player. Because on my table, no notes ever get passed unless it went through the Game Master first. That's something that is going to come back to bite you in the backside eventually. 
and probably when you least expect it. I I find that players have a low tolerance for that sort of behavior at the table. And as a GM, you should as well, because it's just, it's not cool to do that. It's one of the few times I, as a game master, will allow the paladin and the lawful good cleric to go murder hobo. Because they're going to do it anyways. (laughs) No, and not healing them. I'm just going to all out, just take them down. You're to the detriment of the party and, and the good of the many outweigh the good of the one. Yeah, and what does it do? Really? I mean, what is the purpose of behavior of that type? Is it to make you feel like you're a more competent player or your character is contributes more to the party than the others? Because if that's what it is, I can assure you, you know, you're not that player. You're not that character. You're not that one that is the most important or the most competent. In the past, I've seen it uh, more oftenly. It is the insecurities of the player. And the only way to make themselves feel better is to make everyone else feel worse. Yes. Pretty much every time that seems to be the case. Once again, we've mentioned this a bunch of times. Time to talk to that player off on the side. Yeah, have that conversation. How about uh, the one thing that players do that pisses off the other players when you have a rogue? Killing the other player characters. Most often it's your roguish characters that do this. I think sometimes there's this misconception that because I'm playing a rogue, I could pretty much get away with behaving any way I want. Yeah. That's pretty that's a pretty flaccid way of playing a rogue. Not all rogues are the same, just like not all elves, not all halflings, not all anything is is universally the same. But oftentimes I will see that from the rogues. More often than not, and I'll just look at them and go, you know, Robin Hood was a rogue. Han Solo was. Han Solo was a rogue. He wasn't not, a dick. They weren't killing their party members, were they? No. Killing the other player characters, you're inviting a world to hurt. It's an excuse used by players to misbehave at the table. Mm-hmm. It just causes problems going d- down the line because your other players, they're going to remember that and they're going to wait for their opportunity to do you dirty. And it will come. It will. Repeatedly. Sooner or later, you have to take a rest. Sooner or later, you do. Better hope <laughs> that the one on watch is not the one that you yeah. you killed his character you know, previously. Oh, I'm just going to bring in my brother now and just change the name on the character sheet or something along those lines. And uh, yeah, it, it's going to get bad. Uh, we mentioned earlier spotlights. Stealing the other player's spotlights. That is probably the worst one. That That's you the can... one that bothers me the most. Yeah, I can agree with that. When another player's moment comes, let them have that moment and and celebrate that moment with that other player because they probably waited as patiently as they could for their moment. So let them let them relish in it. Let them bask in in their moment and not steal the spotlight with something totally different than what is going on. Or if they're facing that, and I've seen this one before, they're facing that foe from their past that the DM has cleverly woven into the campaign mm-hmm. and it's their moment of comeuppance for the mano a mano and, and somebody else comes in and it, they engage them in the combat or they do something to steal that moment from the other characters. That is probably the quintessential dick move. Yeah. They've battled back and forth, exchanged several blows. You know, your player character, your, your party member is going to win. Uh, has the other one down on his knees. You know he's only probably got a couple hit points. And then uh, I'm going to run up behind him and slit his, uh, slit his throat. Why? Shitty. Yeah. Just, just dick, shitty. Dick move. dick move. It's just the worst thing you can do. The absolute worst thing you can do. The spotlight should shine on every everybody at the table. It, it may not happen all in the same game session. And it shouldn't. It, it shouldn't. Unless I think the only time it's okay 
to have multiple spotlights going is when you're at the climax. Oh, I was about to say of, the, of the, the, the epic ending. You know, yeah, where everybody kind of One of our favorite their, words, epic. The epic yeah. ending. I mean, everyone's going to have that that combat, that squaring off with the huge monster or the minion or, you know, the odds are against it, the numbers that you can't buy. The barbarian's up there against 20 and somehow comes through and steps out of the pile of carnage. Battered, beaten, only a couple hit points, leaning on a sword, but he's alive and no one else is. They all have to have their spotlight. Give them a chance. And if you're running around, I'm, I'm going to go in for the kill shot on everyone else's battle. Guess where that last kill shot's going to be? Yeah, you may get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you may definitely get it. There's Lou's favorite. Starting fights with everybody and everything. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment. Let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor. You're a new DM who wants to jump behind the screen. Maybe you've been volunteered by your gaming group but aren't quite ready. You've been watching people play games online or on podcasts, and you're thinking to yourself... Where do they come up with all that descriptive narrative? There's no way I can do that. Well, don't worry. We've got a solution for you. What if I were to tell you that I can put a team of professional writers alongside you at your desk while you're prepping your game? Sounds pretty good, huh? With Describe, we can do just that. These narratives vividly describe monsters, places, spells, people, you name it. It's there. And there are more than 6,000 of these easy-to-search-up copy, and pasteable, beautifully written narratives right at your fingertips. Confidently read these narratives aloud in your campaign and impress noob and veteran gamer alike. And the best thing about it is, the library of narratives is constantly growing, and it's affordable. Describe has graciously provided us with a discount for our listeners. Head on over to describe.com backslash dmd. That's d-s-c-r-y-b dot com backslash dmd. Use the code DMD at checkout to try Describe for two weeks for free. Links will be in the show notes. And now, back to the show. That's nice how Lou cut us off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah starting fights with everyone and everything. I was about to go get Sid, could, and I, then you, and then Bill's characters next. <laughs> I can think of a couple moments that stand out. Actually, I can think of multiple moments that stand out, but we don't have a lot of time. I can think of a, a certain banquet where Lou's character shot the son of the orc chieftain in the face after his gnome ran down the banquet table, which is probably poor manners, and shot him in the face. Now, to, to Lou's defense, and I, don't, I can't really, believe, I'm, actually, any, I can't believe I'm saying this, he was challenged. Now, granted, he wasn't challenged to combat at the dinner table, but he was challenged, and he accepted and decided yep. to enact on that challenge at that very moment. I don't believe it was a challenge to the death, which a shot to the face definitely induced death in this situation. There was no stipulations. Because he had his mouth full of dessert. He didn't give him yeah. a chance to say anything else. He had mouthful of lemon meringue pie or something. Yeah, geez. Orcs love <laughs> lemon meringue pie. It's all about the pucker. Yeah. <laughs> no. There's there's Lou. the explicit rating right there. <laughs> Make sure you no. mark that on Lou, the- Lou is Lou does definitely do unexpected things, but he is not a problematic uh well, to everyone else but Scott, he's not a problematic player I've that, seen, that does that does this kind of stuff. I mean, we're we're kind of teasing him a the, little bit, but the wor- no, no, we're not teasing him at all. <laughs> the the worst D and D fist fight I had ever bore witness to was <laughs> between his character Graven and Korik's character Iskander, and that was a fist fight that broke out. They were both part of the same party. 
That was that was it, a. It was not a fist fight. It was a limp wristed slap fight. It was yeah. It was <laughs> like a couple people who had never had a physical altercation ever in their entire lives engaging in one with one another. It was a series of swings and misses and swings and misses. And that was after after Lou's character killed a villager who sold the party out to these like sea demons. Lou was so upset that he shot him. Corrick's character referred to it as an execution and was really upset about that. Lou's character tried to justify it, which was just as amusing to watch <laughs> as the slap as, fight. As the, yeah, as that horrible fist fight that Lou ended up, Lou's character ended up running away from. He dove through a window to get away from Corrick's character, which was painted a funny picture because it was a fist fight between a gnome and a woman. I think Iskander would have eventually gotten the upper hand on him. She had the reach. She did. She had reach. <laughs> I think their weights were equally matched, so it gives you an idea of the physicality of a Lou's character. A dumbling and a wave. <laughs> now, to Lou's defense, Iskander was upset about something that she never witnessed. She surmised what happened, but she did not. Yeah, it was the. It was. I the, can't believe I'm coming to lose defense here. What the hell's wrong? I can't believe it either. What the hell did you put in my drink? <laughs> I'm getting you another one. Don't worry. And the bullet hole gave it away. I think since nobody else had a firearm, but Lou. Self-defense. Lou's character, yeah. Well, he did. Nobody saw that because he had the rifle above his door, which yeah. he attempted to grab. That's his story, and he's sticking to it. So Lou shot him. Lou's character shot him. Actually, there's been quite a few altercations between Lou's characters <laughs> and, and Corix. We uh, kind of divulge here, or uh, digress. Digress, digress a little bit. That, that, We're um, divulging too much. We're digressing even more. But that, I don't know if that qualifies as starting a fight I, with everything well, and everyone, or just with one of the other <laughs> characters in the in the party. But drama makes good storytelling. It, drama makes good storytelling. And, and like I said, to Lou's defense, that is kind of how Lou plays that particular character. And quite a few others. But we're talking about that particular character. Yeah. I'm defending him and, again. Sin... What the hell did you put in my drink? Absolutely nothing. This is absolutely uncanny. Oh, that's the problem. It's just soda. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's ginger ale. You should I don't, probably I don't feel myself. Put yeah, some Crown is, Royal in there. There you go. That'll that'll level me back out. But that is the <laughs> when when we talk about TPKs and everything, usually starting fights with everyone and everything is eventually going to result in either the party getting a good pasting or ending up TPKing. Yeah, because. If you go up against the big bad or the minions and things like that, and as a game master, you have a monologue that, that's prepared, your little dialogue box that you're going to, and that one character keeps charging and goes, oh, I'm attacking. Okay, you have a, a distance to close, and he's in the middle of saying something, so let me finish that, and you'll get there at the end of the round. All right, I'm dashing, and, and I'm going to use Zephyr Strike so I can get there even quicker. Why? Because I don't want him to say a damn thing. I just want to shoot him in the face. Shoot him. That's Cal hitting him in the face with his axe. <laughs> The point is, there's something to be said and there's something to be had from that encounter. And that person just just kills them, just fights everything. Yep. Or it's an NPC. It's just a person, an NPC at the bar or something, and has something to say. And this particular player, player character, doesn't like what the person is saying. I'm going to punch him in the face. Why? We said something mean to, to Gravin. Actually, he wasn't talking to Gravin. He was talking about gnomes, and it was about a particular gnome that he didn't like. Yeah, but Gravin's a gnome. I'm going to defend Gravin. I'm punching him in the face. Uh, okay, that is just a horrible justification, but that's what those type players do. 
And I think that's what we're, just, despite all the, the jibing we've been giving poor Lou, I think that's what we're trying to get across. You know, just yep. starting a fight with everyone and everything and trying to thinly veil justification and the other players are going to get pissed off because maybe they want to hear what the NPC says. Maybe they took a prisoner to get some information and cut him loose to make sure that their reputation is spread around the, the area saying, okay, well, if they're all dead, no one can say how great we are. Yeah, and to that, that's always that player that, okay, we've taken a prisoner. Let's see if we could get some information out of him. And that player kills him before you can ask the first question. Um, excuse yeah. me, what is this take a prisoner stuff? See? We exactly. Never <laughs> <laughs> no quarter asked, no quarter given. So, yeah, I think we eventually got around to the point on that one. As a player, be considerate of the other players and their playing time, their playing styles, and give them a chance to say what they need to say and don't step on everybody. You don't have to be the voice for everyone. You shouldn't be the voice for everyone. Everyone has their own voice. And that's five things players do that other players hate. We'll see you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.